0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege of opening your word. Thank you for the privilege of prayer to come before the God of the universe and have a relationship with you. Father, we pray now that you come here and we pray that you open the word and you touch the hearts. That we may understand your desire, your plan for our life and for this place. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I don't know how much I will manage to go through the presentation. I don't even intend to finish the presentation. Tomorrow is going to be very, very extremely crucial. Something that our people talk about, but they really, I'm not sure if they know they struggle, and I will mention it in a few seconds. Before we start, a couple of things, to housekeeping items. Number one, I have a tendency to speak fast, really go fast. I get excited and I go so fast that you need a gift of tongues to understand me. So if I do that, please do me a big favor. Wave, that would remind me to slow down. Because there is no benefit if I go so fast that you get nothing. So wave, you don't offend me. You cannot offend me, I have no feelings. Just wave and you will slow me down. Second, these two things, if you have a question, please interrupt me, because what I say is not as important as to answer your questions. Those are more relevant for you than the seminar. So interrupt me, ask the questions, I'll do my best to answer them. Don't ask me about cooking, okay? Ask questions related to prayer, ministry, evangelism, okay? Okay, so you got two points, okay? Let's start. I'm going to challenge you with no intention to offend anybody. I don't know you except a few. I don't know your problems, your church. So I don't talk about anybody specifically. But I want you to think deep and be honest. So let's, let's start. What, what is church? What is religion for you? What, what is religion? Give me an example. A couple of answers, quick. The way, the way to reach God. Another answer. What is religion? Jesus. Another answer. Those are good answers. Don't, you don't get a B. Whatever you say, you still get an A. Another, another answer. Different, okay. Rules, okay. Fellowship, okay. So listen, those are good answers. I'm going to ask you a few questions with no intention to change your mind about our principles. I believe in our principles. Many times I've been in risk of losing my freedom for our principles. I deeply believe in them. But let me ask you, is it good to keep Sabbath? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Absolutely yes, I agree with you. And should be a blessing. Is Sabbath going to save you? No. Okay, good answers. Is it good to do evangelism? Yes. Is evangelism going to save you? Is it good to eat tofu? Yes, yes, yes. Eat healthy. Let's broccoli, broccoli, green, green beans. I love. I could live on green beans. I put so much, I put fifty bushes of green beans in my garden, so you know how much I love green beans. Is it good to eat green beans? Is it going to save you? Sometimes, <laughs> okay, okay. Sometimes it depends what to save you from. You know. Okay, so so listen, listen, think about it. Can it be? You don't have to answer, you don't have to agree. In fact, at the end of the seminar, just take whatever the Holy Spirit would inspire you to take. Is it possible that we have become so used with what we do? We keep Sabbath, we go to church, we teach Sabbath, in the choir, we go to camp meeting, we eat healthy, we know the 2,300 days and nights, we, I could go on and on and on, on. To be so used with what we do, that while we know that we should grow, we still feel we are okay better than the world and we are not there we are not there and we are not there you follow me yes. and we never reach that point that god could use us the way he used the disciples upper the upper room after can it be possible that we never get there the 10 virgins ne- they were virgins god's church nevertheless they were sleeping can it be that we are at sleep right now? Laodicea. The Bible says so. The Bible says that we are, you remember Revelation chapter 3, but the tragedy is that we don't know how we are. Because people, when they really sleep, they don't know that they sleep. If you awake, then you don't sleep anymore. Sleeping people don't know that they sleep. So what should we do? Let me give you an example before we start. Let me give you an example. Uh, you may have heard the example... I was raised in an extremely conservative church where if you didn't have a tie and a suit and you went to church, you could be disfellowshipped. I know you think I'm joking, but I'm not joking. If you lived 23 kilometers, that's around 16 miles more or less away as my, my grandpa lived, and you had a car, you would not take your car because your donkey should rest on Sabbath, you would walk. So he would leave at 3 a.m. to walk the 23 kilometers so he would not break the Sabbath. Now, give me a break. He walked so much that he worked a lot more than his car would have worked. <laughs> but he was not a donkey, so he could walk so long. <laughs> we had an apple tree in front of the church. Every Sabbath, by the rule of the Medians and Persians, every Sabbath all adults had to fast. The whole Sabbath from sunset to sunset. Kids would fast from sunset to Saturday noon. Now, I eat. I eat, I eat 10 times a day, and I'm still hungry. I never gain a pound. I know it's not fair. I don't care. I eat. (laughs) My metabolism can burn it in no time. For me to fast from Friday night to Sabbath noon, that was a punishment. I dreamed food. So. After Sabbath school, I would go outside, look that nobody sees me. There was a big apple tree, yellow, wonderful, golden, delicious. I would pick up an apple, grab it, and hide in the bathroom. (coughs) And I felt in heaven. And they caught me and they said, you will go straight to hell. You broke Sabbath. I said, I'm hungry. Well, you harvest. To pick up an apple, it's harvesting. You work on Sabbath, you'll burn. I said, well, but God is good. He understands I'm hungry. No, it's the the fourth commandment. Wow. I was really struggling, and then I prayed for forgiveness and cried. I thought I would go to hell for breaking an apple on Sabbath. Until I found the Bible that the disciples got the grain. I said, they go to hell too. (laughs) And the pastor said, no, they are Jesus' disciples. Then I I need to be Jesus' disciples so I could eat on Sabbath. (laughs) Brother Abraham, who cleaned the church... He was the guy fixing, cleaning, I don't know, custodian. I don't know how you call him in English, but whatever. It was the church, the pastor's house, and Brother Abraham's house next to the pastor's house. Son, Daniel, I called him Pizzi. He was my best friend. We did all the crazy stuff together. And his son was the oldest among kids. He was the donkey among sheep, you know. He was the biggest, oldest. And Brother Abraham called him and said, Daniel? If kids break apples on Sabbath because you are the oldest, you get punished. You need to watch over them so none of them break Sabbath. Now I did take apples. And I didn't care. They sent me to hell because I made the decision to become a disciple so I could eat on Sabbath. So, brother, I'm called Pizzi. And I heard him in the house. Bang, pain, bang, bang. And Pity: ouch, ouch, please, please don't punish me. I will not, never let them touch apples on Sabbath. Oh, man, I got my stomach upside down. I went and knocked in the door. Leave him alone. He didn't break apples. I did. Brother Abraham opened the door, grabbed me, pulled me inside. Inside, there was a different picture. Pity, my friend, was on the couch, smiling and screaming. Ouch, ouch, leave me alone. Brother Abraham had the belt, and he was hitting the door. (laughs) Would you take apples again? Would you let the kids take apples? And Pity from the couch, no, no. I said, what's what's wrong with this picture? And he says, keep quiet, jump on the couch, start screaming. Okay. I jumped on the couch. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. After about five minutes of that type of session, he says, don't tell anybody what happened here. Okay. We go outside, kids. What happened there? We cannot tell you. (laughs) Is that what is Sabbath about? Oh, let me tell you the scary stuff. When we moved to America 19 years ago, after Southern, we went to Andrews. It was summer classes. It was hot. It was about 96 degrees. Well, not hot according to Arizona, but hot according to Michigan. <laughs> and Sabbath afternoon, my wife and I and the kids, we went to Warren Dunes, to Michigan. Do you know Warren Dunes? How many of you? It's beautiful, To Michigan Lake. And it was hot, and I said, I need to cool down. I am, I am, I am hot. I am wet. So I got into the lake, into the water. And the classmate, and that guy was not from Romania. That was American. He comes to me and says, Pavel, you break Sabbath. You swim on Sabbath. I said, I didn't sell. I didn't buy. I didn't work. What's the problem? And he says, quote, if the water goes over the knee, it's entertainment. Don't do your pleasure on Sabbath. And by now, I had an answer. I said, do you love cake? Oh, I love cake. I knew because I saw him eating a cake. Do you eat cake on Sabbath? Yes. Well, you break Sabbath. Why? Because he says, don't do your pleasure. <laughs> you eat cake because you like it. It's not healthy. He says, oh, no, no, because I don't swim. I said, oh, well, show me in the Bible not to swim on Sabbath. So, so, folks, can it be we think we are not that way? Yes, we are. Can it be that we got so used with what we do that we forget what religion really is? Let me break it to you. Listen carefully, you don't have to agree. If you pray, because that's the good thing to do, but you don't encounter Jesus in that prayer, stop praying, you lose your time. If you study the word to get information and do your duty and don't seek to know God, stop reading the Bible, it's not going to help, it's not going to save you. Jesus told the Pharisees, remember John Remember 5? It says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but they testify of me. Remember John 17. To know Christ is life eternal. If we do all this good stuff that we should do, and we don't get to know Christ, are we better than the Pharisees? Can we actually fool ourselves because of what we do? Think about it. I'm not saying we should not do these things. Imagine, when you have Christ, you don't break the commandments. When you have Christ, you keep Sabbath, you go to church. But if you do the doctrines without the God of the doctrines, then we are in trouble. So let's start. I, I have too long introductions. I never get to start. Let's read the Bible verse, and then, and then we go from there. But what things were again to me, these things that are again, I have counted them loss first time for Christ. Indeed, I count all things, how many? How many? All? all? Does it include your job? Yes. Your house? Yes. Your family? Yes. All things, huh? Yes. A loss, second time the word loss, for the excellence to know Christ, excellence of knowing Christ, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, third time, the word loss, and count them as rubbish, the word scuba loan that means animal excrements, that I may gain Christ. Listen, folks, whatever you keep, you'll lose, and whatever you lose, you'll save. Because who doesn't give up mother and father and mother in law? That's the easiest. And brother and sister and children. <laughs> and house, and job, and title, and religion, and good stuff, not only bad stuff. Our good stuff doesn't save us. Who doesn't give up all, including self, is not worthy to be my disciple. And let's, let's, let's go, I'm going to give you a story and then we start. Yes? I'll get there. About the heart. I'll get there. That's where it starts. I'll get there. Thank you. So I'm going to give you a story. I was in university. In Romania, to be accepted in university, you don't go and register. You had to pass three days exam, eight hours a day. First day, it was mathematics, eight hours. Two hours, algebra, two hours. Uh, Calculus, two hours. Geometry, two hours trigonometry. Second day, it was eight hours physics. Mechanic physics, two hours. Electronic physics, two hours. Static physics, two hours. Nuclear physics. Third day, it was languages, two hours. Grammar, two hours. Spelling, two hours. Composition, and two hours, I forgot what, whatever. Anyway, eight hours a a day, three days. And then there were 10 seats or openings allocated for the university. For instance, University of Construction. For the construction department, 10 seats. And there were many times, Thousands, between 500 and 2,000 students competing for those 10 seats. So basically, only the top 10 would be admitted in the university. So it doesn't matter that you had a 3.8. If the top 10 had a 3.9, you would lose. You had to be among the first 10. Well, I was accepted as the fourth among the first 10, among 976 students. I got in the school. After about three months, four months, whatever, of school, they called me and they said, you are an Adventist. I said, I know. But, but you believe in God. I said, yes. But you don't. I said, that's your business. But, but you don't come to school on Saturday. I said, no. Why? Because I believe what Jesus said. Give to God what belongs to God and to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And they said, what do you mean? Well, Saturday belongs to God. The rest of the week belongs to Caesar. And I said, Saturday I go to church. And they said, no, Saturday you come to school. I said, no, Saturday I go to church. No, Saturday you come to school. I said, don't waste your time. You are not going to change my mind. Well, they got angry, and they told me, in a long story short, in this country, nobody argues with the government. We have the power to kill you, to put you in prison. There is no court that would ever do anything for you. Basically, we can finish your freedom. We can terminate you. And they said, you have only two options. You come to school, or you lose. And I didn't go to school. But I started to pray. And now let's start. When you pray, what do you pray for? Be honest. Think about it. If you want to be honest, record yourself one prayer and then listen to yourself. I did that. Shame on me. I recorded 50 prayers of my church members without them knowing it. And then I erased them. I didn't make them public. I erased them. But I listened to all 50 prayers. All the same. Bless me, heal me, my children, my marriage, my job, my family. Help me with this and help me with that. And forgive me and save me. All is me, 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 me. Listen. Prayer is not to get answers. Prayer is not to get blessings. Prayer is not to solve problems. Prayer is to have a relationship with God where you submit and you say, Lord, help me to know you, help me to know your will, We pray that God may fulfill our will, instead of praying that we know God's will. We should not ask God to fulfill our will, but should ask that he helps me know his will. Do you follow me? Don't seek God's approval for your will. Seek God's will. You follow me? Prayer should not be focused on self in God's presence i should decline decrease and he should increase in his presence my cancer and my foreclosure and my divorce and my and my whatever when you see him has to him there has to be so real that your cancer disappears fades away doesn't exist that's real prayer i was in monterey I'll get back to the story, the school story. I was in Monterey about four or five years ago, speaking at the ministry convention. And my phone starts, bzz, 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 And I just got the phone the day before, and I didn't know how to turn it off. I did try, but it would go and vibrate, it would not turn off. And like, bzz, bzz, and I could not focus. So what I did, I took the phone, took the battery out, put it on a stage, forget it. And I finished my sermon. After I finished my sermon, take the phone. 25 messages, text messages, And 16 voice messages from the same person. First message, pastor, I need to talk to you. Second message, pastor, why don't you answer? Third message, pastor, you, pastor, never care. Fourth message, oh, you are always about yourself, you never call back. Fifth message, man, it got really bad. I didn't even bother to listen all because I could not imagine how was the last one. (laughs) So what I did, I called him, I said, okay, what's wrong? Why don't you answer? I was preaching. Oh, I didn't know. Duh. (laughs) If I don't answer, it means I cannot answer. I'll call you back. I always do. So, what's the problem? Pastor, you know, my wife had a surgery two years ago, and she never healed. Yes, she had a surgery, and for some reason it doesn't heal. And she lost her job, and she lives in pain. And we prayed, and God doesn't answer. And you know that we lost our grandson, one month old. And you know, That I lost my job, and I got sick. And you know, and he went on and on. And we have been praying for the last six months, and God doesn't answer. And I said to him, I know why. Why? He said, God doesn't like Americans. You guys, blonde hair, blue eyes, God cannot stand that. Me? Different hair, different eyes. I pray he does it. He said, are you crazy? I said, what do you mean? God likes everybody. He loves everybody. He answers every prayer. I said, "Say again what you said. I got him, you know. <laughs> oh, God answers every prayer. Then why do you tell me that God doesn't answer your prayer? Uh, I don't know. So well let, let me ask you, what did you pray for? For healing for my wife, for healing for my grandson, for job? How much have you been praying for that? For the last six months, let me ask you a question that I want you to think. I want you to think. Did God hear you first time when you prayed? Listen carefully. Did God hear you? Or he was asleep, he was in vacation, he was busy, he was tired. Did God hear you? Yes. Does God know your problem? Illinois said, our prayers are not to inform God. He knows our problems before we had the problem. He knew our days before we were born. And then she says, if we knew the end, listen carefully. She says, to every honest, how many? To every, to every, that means how many? To every honest prayer, an answer will come. But it would be wrong to assume that God would answer the way we want in the time we want. And then she says, if we knew the end from the beginning, we would choose the same path. That means that we are extremely blind. Extremely blind. Think about Balaam. Lord, can I go? No. Okay, I go. So focused on what you want, so focused on what you pray, that we don't see what's happening. We don't see the great control. We don't see heaven. We have lost focus of heaven. We are so focused on here and now that we forgot there and then. We are Adventists. Our focus should be there. So I said to him, back to the story. God heard you? Yes. God knows your problem? Yes. Do you think God has power to solve problems? Yes. So he has the means to say one word and solve your problems. Do you think he loves you? Yes. Then what's the problem? If he knows he can do it and he loves you, what's the problem? Except he doesn't care or he's not able or he doesn't want to. If he doesn't care, stop praying. He doesn't care. If he's not able, he's a weak God. Stop praying. He cannot help you. He needs help. <laughs> but if he is able and he loves you and he is omnipotent, he has all the power in the universe, it means he doesn't want to answer. Stop bugging him. Oh, it's easy for you. I said, no, I have my problems too. In fact, I pray for others, and God answers. I pray for me, and he doesn't. I said, God, I have back problems. And God says, you are fine. So, folks, stop praying for you. Yes, Jesus says, cast all your needs upon him. But that Only after he comes first, only after you surrender, and you die to self, and you put him first, and his plan, and his will, and then you present your needs, and then you say, may your will be done, and you mean it, you allow his will to be done, whatever that will may be. Faith is not to convince God to do what you ask. Faith is to convince you to allow what he wants. That means to trust the Lord. You allow his will to happen. When Jesus said, take the cup away, God said no. And Jesus said, nevertheless, you will be done. Because if God is in control, and if the Bible verse from Romans chapter 8 that says, all things work together, if that's real, then nothing happens without God allowing it. Like Job, God didn't send it, but God allowed it. If God allowed it, you need it. Instead of solving it, learn it. If God allowed it, that you may need to learn patience, or you may need to learn humbleness, or you may need to give up and surrender, stop fighting because you'll never grow. Rather say, Lord, why do you allow this in my life? Would you help me grow? We never grow because we always try to fight God. If nothing happens by chance. So back to my friend. I said, I know and I feel for you. But stop praying to solve problems. You have been praying for six months, and the more you focus on problems, the more depressed you are to the point that you are losing it. Who told you that you need to focus on problems? Focus on Christ. Focus on his word. Focus on his law. Focus on his promises. Focus on his sacrifice. Eleanor says, focus on the last week of Jesus' life. You have plenty. Focus on, don't focus on the problems. Uh, I don't understand. I said, would you do me a favor? Would you do something for me? If I asked you to come and mow my grass, would you? Yes. Okay, I'm going to ask you something a lot easier than to drive to my house and mow the grass. What do you want, Pastor? He knows that I love green beans. Do you want me to get you some green beans for my garden? I said, no, I have green beans in my garden. I want you to do something really small for me. What? I want you to open the Bible and search for 10 Bible promises. Would you do that? Uh, Just do it. You said you'll do anything for me. Okay. Find 10 promises. And then I want you to write down on paper 10 times in your past. When God liked you. Right now he doesn't like you. But when he liked you. When he answered prayers. Oh, I don't remember any. I said, that's a big problem if you don't remember any. Because my Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. Moses says in Deuteronomy, write these things that the Lord has done for you and read them every morning and every evening to your children. Don't forget any. White says to a lady that said, I have no faith. And White says, God gave everyone a measure of faith. And by the way, Jesus says, if that measure was as small as a master's seat, it would be sufficient to move mountains. So, go back. White says to her, God gave you faith. But you focus on problems instead of focusing on promises and focusing on Christ. And the line says to the lady, write down what God has done for you. And every time you struggle, look there and remember how God has led you in the past. And then later she says, we have nothing to fear unless we shall forget how God has led us in the past. So I told my friend, ask God to remind you and write down on a paper 10 answered, answered prayers. But pastor, I said, just do it. Otherwise, don't call me again for help. If you go to the doctor and he gives you the prescription and you don't take it, why spend the money and the time to go to the doctor? Just do it. Uh, I said, yeah, do it. Okay. I'm going to call you tomorrow. Make sure that you did it. And I said, three things. Number one, find ten Bible promises and read them loud to God like he doesn't know. Oh, God, let me tell you something great. I found something in the Bible you don't know. Let me t- read ten promises to God. He said, doesn't make sense. I said, just do it. Read loud in the prayer, 10 promises to God. Two, tell God, oh, I remember what you have done for me, the 10 things. And three, call somebody and tell him what God has done for you. He says, Pastor, but I said, just don't bat me. Just do it. I prayed for him that night. In the morning at 6.30, he called me. I said, man, they call at 6 o'clock, you know, but that's okay. He called me at 6.30. Pastor, you will not believe what happened. I said, your wife healed? No. You got your job back. No. (laughs) You won the lottery. No. So what happened? He says, well, I started to read the 10 Bible promises to God. When I got to the fourth one, I started to realize that I ashamed God in front of my neighbors and my coworkers and the universe. I forgot to trust in him. And the more I read through them, the more joy and peace. I said, Pastor, in the last two years, I never had peace in my heart or in my family. When I read through the 10th one already, I had peace. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, while I still have the same problems, I realized that God knows and he's in control and I can trust him. I said, while I was focusing on the world, do you see what I say? Don't look to the stupid oriental man. Focus on nothing. I cannot, when I'm alive, unless I die, my mind has to focus on something. If I empty my brain, that's hypnosis, that's craziness. Focus on God's word. So he says, while I was focused on the promises, the answered prayers started to come back. And I wrote down 10 things that God has done for me. When I told him, for some reason, I did not feel the need to ask for help. I knew that he cares. And I knew that if he takes care of the birds, he will take care of me. I just knew that it's a matter of time. And I said, Lord, you promised when I go to the waters, you'll be with me. I know that you are here and I am not alone. And you'll get me through. He was a different man now. You follow me? Yesterday, you pastor never care. I am depressed. I am discouraged. I don't come to church. He went, oh, no, 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 no. Right now he says, I know God is with me. And then he says, the bomb, listen, I called the coworker who lost his son, 18 years old, in a car accident, within a month, his wife took cancer. And he also lost his job. When I called him, I said, the pastor told me to call somebody and encourage them. I want to encourage you. And he told the guy the 10 promises, and he told the guy the 10 answered prayers. And the guy started to cry and said, listen, man, you don't know what you did. He says, I called you. No, I had my gun loaded, I had it at my head, and I was one second away from pulling the trigger when the phone went off. So I said, I'm gonna answer this phone and then kill myself because I have no reason to leave. I lost my wife, I lost my son, I lost my job. Why would I leave? And he said, I answered the phone, and you gave me hope. You saved my life. Folks, a fully discouraged Christian, it's a fully useless Christian. Discouragement is Satan's weapon. When you pray to solve problems, you focus on problems. Focus on Christ. After you present your problem to God, leave it with God. If you trust him. The reason we don't trust God is because you don't focus on God. It's because you don't know him. How could you trust a stranger? You need to spend time with God to know God to trust God. Do you follow me? Only somebody that you know you can trust. Now, back to the school story. You remember when we dropped it? So, I started to pray. Lord, save my education. Save my education. Save my education. Save my education. And guess what God said? Nothing. He didn't answer my prayer. Oh, I prayed even harder. And I don't ever fast. I cannot fast. I am hungry all the time. My wife can fast a week. And she has no problem. For me, two hours of fasting is long enough. So, <clears throat> you ever invite me to eat out, I will not turn it down. <laughs> you want to have a meeting with me? Bring some food and you got me. I'm exaggerating. No worries. So, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so, I even had faith. We use faith to manipulate God. <clears throat> and God didn't answer. So, I called my dad and I said, listen, I'm losing my school. And that's serious. I'm losing my education. And they just told me, for religious reasons, if you lose your education, you lose the right to ever register in any school for the rest of your life. I'm losing my education forever. And my dad said, and? Uh, I'm losing my education. My dad said, and? What's the problem? He said, don't you hear what I say? I did hear you very well. What do you do about it? I prayed. He said, what did you pray for? That God would save my education. Really? I said, what's the problem? He said, that's what you pray for? And my father said, many times I was losing my life. Never occurred to me to pray for my life. When I go to God and I see him, I forget my problems. It went like that. I said, you don't listen. He said, no, son, you don't listen. And I said, I am praying and God doesn't answer. And he said, good luck. I said, what do you mean? If he doesn't answer, it doesn't make sense to keep praying. That's poor business. And I said, Dad, what should I pray then for? He said, Dad, God knows your problems. Stop praying for the problems. You already told him, gave him permission to work. Let him work. Did it ever occur to you that whatever you lose is what you save? I said, think about Abraham. Only when he was willing to lose his son, he saved his son. And Jesus says, who gives up? Mother and father. You remember? Jesus says... But whatever, if you throw your bread on the waters, you'll get it back. Who loses his life saves and who saves his life loses. You remember? And my father said, Do you really love Jesus? I said, Yes. How much? I said, with all my heart. I even know the song, Oh, how I love Jesus. And he said, Oh, that's an easy one. (laughs) It's easy to sing. And he said, Do you really love the Lord? I said, Yes. You think so? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. More than anything, yes. Then you have your answer. I said, What do you mean? Well, didn't you say that you love the Lord more than anything? Yes. More than school? Uh, Yes. He said, well, you got to make up your mind. You love the Lord more than school or you love school more than God? Oh, I love God more than school. You got your answer. I said, what do you mean? Give up school. He said, well, that's not easy. He said, well, if you don't give up school, you'll not give up job and you'll not give up health and you'll not give up life. In fact, you made your choice here, not there. That's your treasure. That's your choice. That's your heart. Listen, folks, did you hear what I said? Are you willing to lose your job for God? Don't answer. I don't want you to lie. We don't know before we go to trials. As soon as we go to trials, we lose our mind, and we struggle, and we doubt. Why? So my father said, if you go to school, you got your answer. Stop praying for school. Start focusing on God. I said, what should I pray for? Pray for God. I said, God doesn't need my prayer. Oh, yes, he does, and you need it too. I said, how should I pray for God? And my father said, focus so much on God that you don't care if you lose school or job or health or family. or." I do need a job. I do need the family. I do need health. But God is more important. When Jesus says, who doesn't give up mother and father, the word who doesn't hate, it says in translation. The word is "mishewa." Mishau means to love less than. Who doesn't love job less than God. Who doesn't love family less than God. Who doesn't love self less than God. Is not worthy to be called an Adventist or a disciple. Wow. So, my father said to me, you need to love God so much that you say, Lord, you know my problem. I'm going to give it to you, leave it with you, and make a decision in my mind. I don't feel it. I am desperate. But I'm going to make a decision to trust in you and take my eyes off And put my eyes on you. Mm-hmm. That better be God. <laughs> Calling. Okay. <so clears throat> I'm going to put my eyes on you, Lord. And then you pray this way, my father said. I don't want to pray for my education. I want to serve you. Therefore, this is what I insist. I don't care if you save my education or my job or my life or my health or my family or my house. I don't care. This is what I care. Would you please allow me to serve? Would you please allow me to represent you properly? These people are communists. They want to expel me because I go to Sabbath. I go to church on Sabbath. Would you allow me to represent you in such a manner that they have a chance to be saved and they get to know that there is a God in heaven? And I said, well... I don't know that I should preach the gospel. My father said, forget it. I said, what do you mean? Oh, that's all we say, preach the gospel. You don't preach the gospel just telling people about Sabbath and about what to eat and about the prophecies. You preach the gospel by trusting in the Lord and having peace in trials. You show that you have a God that is real and powerful. The way you live, you preach the gospel, my father said. So I went back to prayer that night. And I said, Lord, it's very hard, but I give up school. Mm -hmm. Would you help me for the two days left over of school? Thursday and Friday, because Saturday I was out. Would you help me those two days to do what I didn't do in four, five, six months? to Represent you in such a manner that through me, that I am an Adventist, these people that are communists would have a chance to know you and be saved. When I prayed that prayer and I gave up, in that very instant, God answered my prayer. And I don't believe in emotions. I know emotions are good, but they should not control you. But in that moment, for some reason, I sensed, I don't know how to explain it, I sensed that God said, okay, I will take care of it, good servant. It's like I heard it in my mind, and I had peace. I did not struggle. When I prayed for me, I struggled. When I prayed for God, I had peace. And I could not care less if I lose school. I knew that he knows. I knew that he can do it. And I knew that he will do what is right. Whatever. And I said, Amen. And I started to sing for some reason. I went to school. And Mrs. Radu, the school secretary, said, Goya, you need to come. There is no God doesn't exist. Nobody can save you from a communist government. You need to come. And you just come to school and you pray in your mind. That's compromise. You compromise today, you compromise tomorrow. Soon enough, you are far. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to bow down to tie my shoelaces while the image is in front of me. I'm going to stand straight. I don't believe in compromise. And I said, if they expel me, I don't care. What if I finish school and die in a car accident? Am I going to use my education? If they kill me, I don't care. I see Jesus. When you die, you don't know anything until resurrection. You see Jesus. I don't care. Oh, you are crazy. I said, yep, I am supposed to be crazy. Because God's wisdom is foolishness for people. So, hey, give me a break. (laughs) She said, I don't get it. I said, sure you don't, because you don't know God. Don't you care you lose education? I said, I don't. If God wants to save it, he's able to save it. If not, I don't need it. She shook her head and she said, you people, you are crazy. Religion takes your mind away. I said, I wish you saw what I saw last night when I prayed. What did you see? I said, well, God. She said, you are crazy. (laughs) Next day, Friday morning, I go to school. She comes to me. She's like a Romanian flag, yellow, blue, red. I said, Do you have the flu? She says, no. Are you okay because you are pale? She says, no. What happened to you? You had a car accident. No. What happened to you? Do you know Ceausescu, the president of the country? I said, yeah, I see him on TV. Yeah, no, do you know him privately? Are you friends? I said, are you crazy? (laughs) Never met the guy. It's like you say you and Obama, eat body-body every day together. No. I don't know him. You don't know the president? No. Are you friends with somebody in the government? No. All I know about government, when I don't have money to buy flowers for my wife, I go in front of the government building, there are thousands of roses, I take one and give it to my wife. (laughs) That's all the government I know. (laughs) And she stops and she looks up and she says, Then there is a God. I said, yeah, I told you. Why? I said, well, Ceausescu, the president, gave a law today. He said on the TV, to save the economy. He's going to close all schools in the whole country Saturdays. <laughs> and no school would turn on the power or the heat and help a little with the economy. If this law came next week, you would have been out. God honors those who honor him. And when you focus on him, we say that, but we don't do that because we don't trust him. We feel more secure If we solve it, when you focus on him, and forget self. He focuses on you. And it's better if he takes care of you than if you take care of you. Do you follow me? I kind of go fast, but if not, you need to learn to think fast, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, my father told me, he said, son, give up school. I said, dad, school is good. You told me that you should be head, not tail. He said, oh yeah, school is good. But you know what is good for? I said, no, school is garbage, son. I said, why do I go to school and spend money and time? He said, well, garbage is good for compost. He said, think about it. You go to serve God and you know nothing. But if you have school and experience, you can use that. Don't use it for you. Use it for God. Say, so, okay, I don't get you, but anyway. Now I get him. At that time, I didn't. Folks, to know Christ is not what you do, but it's who you know. Mm-hmm. It's not that you go to church. What that, what you should go. But it's that you spend time in prayer and study of the word. We lost the good habit to study and to pray. We are in hurry. There is no hurry in the spiritual life. Hurry comes from Satan. Unless you discipline yourself to wake up in the morning and spend time with God, you are not a religious person. My father, I eat, and we had a long apartment. In the communists, that's what they gave you. And it was kind of bathroom my sister's bedroom, my bedroom, my parents' bedroom, and kitchen at the other end. And you would go from room to room to go to the kitchen. And I would go and eat at 12 midnight, and then I would go and eat at 2 a.m. I was hungry. <laughs> and when I would go to the room to eat, oh, they took me to the doctor, and the doctor said, he's fine, he has a fast metabolism, burns everything in two hours. When I, when I would go to my parents' room, my dad was praying at 12. My dad was praying at 2. My dad was praying at 5 a.m. And I said, why do you pray so long? He said, well, I need to know Christ. I said, you pray so long, you should know him. I said, son, the closer I get, the more I realize that I don't know him. People that think they know him, they know nothing. Because when you get close to him, you realize that you don't know him. Let me tell you how it happens. The Bible says, if you seek me with all your heart, I will let myself be found. Or, in James says, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. So this is how it works. When you put your heart to know him, not to solve problems. You don't pray to solve problems. You don't pray for blessings. You don't, that's the reason we never get a blessing, because we pray for a blessing. The blessing doesn't come without God. God doesn't UPS blessings. Blessings come when he comes with him. He is the blessing. Therefore, the more you seek him and forget your problems, the more he allows you to find him. When you get closer, you know him. You say, wow and then you love him more and because you love him more you want him more so you seek him more then he allows you to find more and then you get closer and you see more of him and you see more of him and you say wow and you really forget you and you love him more and you seek him more and it never ends until you and him become one and people don't see him they people don't see you they see him that's christianity christ in you the hope of glory when you die we rather keep sabbath pay tithes do evangelism but not die to self that's the key. When you die and Christ lives in you, that's religion. That's the reason we don't accomplish anything ever. And we struggle. Folks, we lose our time focusing on forms without the God of the forms. Forms are good as long as you are filled with the God of the forms. Forms. Otherwise, we lose our time. And therefore, we have no power. And the God without power is no God. We have no power. We have no peace. We we don't make a difference. We should be a light. We should be a blessing. We should make a difference. People should know when they come to our church, it's not that they get a good choir or a good sermon, but they find God. Our time is up and meal comes and I cannot miss a meal. (laughs) We did not go through the sermon. I never managed to go through the sermon because I tell stories. But these are real stories happening today. Not 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Listen. Amen. We need to make decisions that we change our prayer life and stop Focusing, I am not ignoring your problems. I am not saying that your problems are not important. Don't hear me wrong. But we have been focusing on them for too long. We need to seek Christ. People in the Bible who made a difference, they were seeking God, seeking God's face, seeking to know God. Show me who you are. Moses, David, Daniel, Jeremiah, all of them, Paul, all of them seeking God. I want to know Christ. Paul, when he wrote his last book, before he died, he says, listen, and to know him and to be one with him. Before he died, he still says, I don't know him, and the goal of my life is to know him. We too long have been focusing on things and on self instead of focusing on him. And that's the key. You feel that you lose. When you give up praying for you and you start focusing on Him, you feel that, oh, what's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my family, to my children? Nothing. It's safer for you to focus on God. In fact, let me say this. When we focus on self, God cannot answer. When we give up self, then it's safe for God to give us power because we will use it properly, not selfishly. Do you follow? It's safer for God to give us power and answer and use us if we surrender and die to self. And we need to trust that if we focus on him, he will take care of us. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and the other things will be provided. We need to learn to focus on him and to trust in him. Anyway, let's finish. It's time for us to finish. I intend tomorrow not to... Talk about prayer. But rather have the first 10 minutes. Questions and answers. And then talk about how to prepare for the second coming. Okay? Let's pray together. (coughs) Father in heaven. If we could grasp the privilege of prayer. And the privilege of knowing you. we will be so overwhelmed that we will have peace and trust you regardless of what we go through. We would focus so much on heaven that we would forget this place. So Father, help us make a decision. And this doesn't happen in a second. This is a process. It's called growth. Help us make it a lifestyle that from now on we seek you and your presence and we die to self daily and allow you to take over. We pray this in Jesus' precious name and thank you for answering. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org.